Thank you, Mary Beth. Uh, let me invite you to find a Bible this morning and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This is our last week in chapter 12. We're going to move on to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 next week. Uh, today we're going to be covering the final verses of this chapter, uh, beginning in verse 27. It's a fairly short text today, so I'm going to read the entire text, and then uh, we'll come back and study it together. So look, look with me at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse 27. Paul writes, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now, eagerly desire the greater gifts, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. Now, as we study this together, the first word in our text is the word now. It's kind of like saying now, okay? Pay attention. In other words, Paul is connecting all that he has been saying so far with what he is about to say. And if you've been here the past few weeks, you might remember that Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. This is a church that is struggling in a number of ways. And one dysfunction in the church has to do with spiritual gifts. There are some in the church who are emphasizing a particular gift and they are saying that gift is better than all the other gifts. That gift is speaking in tongues. And they're looking down on everybody who doesn't have that gift. And Paul has so far in our text used our physical bodies as an illustration to the point. Paul, last week, you might remember, he envisions body parts speaking to one another, right? Hands and feet, eyes and ears, telling the other that they're not important. But all of us know that every part of the body is important. It doesn't take a doctor to understand that all our body parts are crucial, right? To our living, to our being, to our ability to move and breathe and do all that we're doing. Now, certainly all parts are important, but all parts don't have the same function. Eyes see, ears hear, hands help us eat, right, work, feet allow us to walk, run, bike, move about. And it's a no-brainer, right, that all the parts of the body are crucial to our health and vitality. And Paul even highlights how we give special treatment to the parts of the body that we might consider unpresentable and to these part Paul to these parts Paul says they're not inferior in fact they're incredibly important to us now in today's text Paul is going to relate this illustration that we've been talking about for the past several weeks to the body of Christ the church now Paul says all that is now right now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it Back in verse 12, Paul told us uh, that the body is like Christ. In verse 12, he said, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. But here, in verse 27, Paul explicitly says to the members of the church in Corinth, and I would say to you here at the United Church, you are the body of Christ. Together we are, not individually. Each one of us is a part of it. Have you ever considered this? 
Do we understand that each of us is a part of the body of Christ? And like a body that is dysfunctional, if each part is not serving its purpose, the whole body is going to suffer. So the question naturally arises, right? What part are you? Are you functioning in this role? In other words, are you doing the part that God designed you to do? Now, look at verse 28 with me. It says now, and God has placed in the church. And we're going to pause there for a moment. Before we get to the specific parts of the body of Christ, it's important to understand that God has designed each part of the body for a particular purpose. Now, we've seen this theme running throughout the chapter. Look back at me with a few, at a few verses here to point out this dynamic. Look back in verse 6. It's all in chapter 12 here. Paul wrote, there are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. So God is doing this. God is designing this. Verses 7 through 10 here, we're told that the Holy Spirit gives gifts. Verse 7 says, now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And then in verses 8 through 10, we see the different gifts that are given here. In other words, we did not develop these gifts, and we didn't even decide which one that we were going to have, really. God is the one who designed the body, and God is the one who has brought all the gifts together in this church. Look at verse 18. It says, but in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. In other words, God didn't say, let's have a sign-up sheet, and you sign it for what part you want to be. <laughs> you didn't get to pick it. God gave it to you. It's a gift. God is in charge. God is directing us by his power to help us to be the body of Christ in this place, to do the work that he has called us to do. You know, as I think about our church, and as I look out across this congregation this morning, we are a vibrant and gifted congregation. Wouldn't you agree? I'm often blown away by all that God has given us and the people that God has brought into this place. You know, there are other churches with less people, less resources. There are some churches that have more people and more resources, right? But even in the places where there is less, God has provided all that each church needs to fulfill the calling of that congregation. I would go so far as to say that if we don't have particular gifts among us, we should evaluate whether or not God is calling us to that ministry. You know, churches are constantly changing, changing people. You know, I was looking as I sat here this morning, uh, and every, every, every time I have communion, I sit in that chair right there, and I look at this little nameplate on the back of this communion table, and it's Oscar and Mary Crane, who were born in the 1830s and died in the 1910s. And every time I sit there, I think, you know, these were people that were here in this congregation, and they're no longer here. And, and that just happens in churches, right? People are born. People grow up. People die. People leave town. People move into town. But God has brought all of us together in this place and has given us just what we need to be the body of Christ in this time and place. Now, it could be that some parts of our body are not functioning as they should. But the bottom line is that we are the various parts of the body of Christ. And God has placed in the church various gifts 
And then Paul begins to spell them out. Look with me at the second part of verse 28. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and the different kinds of tongues. Now, it's worth noting this is not an exhaustive list of all the spiritual gifts listed in the Bible. There are other places where spiritual gifts are mentioned. Some can be found at Romans chapter 12. We have some here in 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians chapter 4, 1 Peter chapter 4. But here Paul lists particular gifts and he orders them. And you might say, well, wait a minute. I, I thought that all gifts are important. Why is Paul ordering them here? And that's a good question. I think it has to do with the particular context of Corinth in this day and time. Uh, the problem in the church in Corinth is that they are elevating the gift of tongues to the top of the list. Now, do you notice where the gift is in Paul's list? It's at the bottom, isn't it? So it's, it's, it's as if Paul is saying to them, you've got the order mixed up, right? There's this other dynamic of people coming into the church in Corinth. And they're, they're false teachers who are teaching things that are not true. And maybe Paul wants to elevate the gift of the apostles because he's saying, look, what these teachers are teaching you are, are not true. So you see apostles here in the first slot. But the bottom line, I think, is that the church in Corinth has it mixed up. The church in Corinth has the order wrong, so Paul gives them a better order here. He's not necessarily saying that some gifts are more important than others. Now, without spending too much time on this, the bottom line is, again, that this list is not every spiritual gift. And the reason I think that the list is ordered is because of the particular problems that are going on in Corinth. And then here in verse 29, Paul asks a list of rhetorical questions. Are, are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? And the answer is what? No, exactly. It's a rhetorical question. No, every person does not have every spiritual gift. Now, this takes us back to the image of the physical body. If every part of the body is an eye or a hand or a foot, we would not be able to function, right? We'd be confined to a hospital bed. And if you didn't have the variety of organs that we have we would not be alive. Again, behind these words are people in a church where everyone wants to speak in tongues. Everyone wants to have the visible gifts so that they can say, wow, I'm really a spiritual person. And it's in this context that Paul writes, verse 31, now eagerly desire the greater gifts, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. So what's going on here? Are there particular gifts greater than other gifts? Is there a hierarchy of gifts? I don't think that's the point here. If we go back to earlier verses in the chapter, we can see the purpose of spiritual gifts are to build up the church, to edify the church. And the gifts that build up the church are the gifts that we should desire, not gifts that draw attention to ourselves. The last part of verse 31 points us to chapter 13. Now we're going to get into this next week. But the posture of the church should be a posture of love, and this will frame everything that we do. But again, that's for next week. I'm getting ahead of myself here. So what do we do with these verses? What do we do with what Paul is writing in verses 27 through 31? And how does it speak into the life of the United Church in 2023? You know, we're in the middle of a stewardship campaign, 
and many are making financial pledges for 2024. And certainly this is important. The ministries of this church need to be funded. But financial giving is not just about funding the ministries of the church. It's also about living in relationship with Christ. In other words, we don't give money so the church can stay open. We give a portion of all that we have as an appropriate response to God's grace in our lives. We give a portion of our income back to God as an act of obedience, His Lordship in our lives. And the same is true with our spiritual gifts. God has given to us spiritual gifts. And we use these gifts for the building up of the church as a response to God's grace in our lives. Again, we're not just serving the church to keep particular ministries afloat. We're being faithful to what God has given us, how God has created us, designed us, called us to this place, and is prompting us to be a part of this body. May we not be guilty of emphasizing particular gifts and diminishing the value of other gifts. May we carefully discern the ways that God has gifted us. And may we be faithful to use whatever God has given to, for, given to us for the building up of the church. As a congregation, will we be faithful? As a congregation, will we fulfill God's calling in this community? As the body of Christ, will we be healthy? Will we be functioning? Will we be a vital piece of God's work in the community of Canandaigua? What might God be saying to us this morning? Would you pray with me? God, we are grateful this morning for all the ways that you have given gifts to this congregation. God, help each one of us to discern what you're calling us to do and how you're calling us to respond. God, we love you and we praise you. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.